Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. There's a place here at the table, your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic, cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Take times done with heaven Hey guys, it's Ari. I'm Sophie, and you are listening to Having a Night, the fabulous podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party, but also about so many other things, like what we're going to talk about today. Can I just say, though, for our listeners, I was thinking about our little tagline, which in normal times I love, but to say that we're the podcast dedicating to reviving the lost art of the dinner party, like that's it in COVID times, feels like a little morally irresponsible. Absolutely. In fact, guys, we are killing the dinner party. We are trying to dedicate. We're dedicated to ending the lost art of the dinner party, keeping it lost, hiding it it forever, keeping it lost until we've all been vaccinated, at which point we will return to the revivification. Isn't that an amazing revivification? Anyway. It's almost Christmas and I'm turning into a chicken. Ari, what did you eat this week? You know what I ate, Sophie? I ate some goddamn delicious crispy chocolate chip cookies. And they did not tear up the roof of my mouth. I know you are so scared, so fearful of a cookie, God forbid, giving you a tiny scratch. But what you don't understand is crispy is not this is not just it's not a Tate. You've been you've been marred by this the what did you say the tyranny of Tates. The tyranny of Tates has scarred me forever against crispy cookies. But I'm ready. I'm open. I'm open. Okay, guys. Like, don't think I'm a heretic. Closed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're not a heretic. I was going to send you some. You in were a sort of cookie swap, but I decided not to because I thought they wouldn't be fresh enough because I made them a few days ago. I do think this is the difficulty with a cookie swap is like, how do you keep it fresh if you're sending? I think if you're just ferrying it across a town, a village, a city, fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you have to send it, package it, it's like by the time they get there, they've been through hell and high water. I don't think it works. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into we it. have gotten into it because we're in the future now. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> so what recipe did you use? And what would you consider to be like your secret to the perfect, chewy, crispy cookie? I have both answers. Uh, one, my sister's, of course, who's a baker, as I've mentioned a trillion times. She usually, she bakes bread and more savory pastry as her profession, but she's an incredibly talented baker all around and she makes the best chocolate chip cookies. So I used her recipe, which, uh, and the secret is she doesn't use as much flour. It's like some exact measurement of flour so that they don't get too cakey. 
And um, something with the different ratio of the brown sugar to sugar to the lesser amount of flour. And sometimes she'll use like a mixture of different flours, double uh, uh, double zero or rye flour. Nice. I just use all purpose. Um, and then you melt the butter and you brown some of the butter. You have to slowly whisk the dry ingredients into the wet ingredients at the end, like so minimally and slowly and making sure like a tiny, like a tablespoonful at a time and making sure it's fully incorporated. And then you have to let it rest. Well, bam. And then you bake it like 375 for only eight minutes and they just spread out. Really good. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds pretty exquisite because it's also, it's having such an exquisite cookie demands a bit more work. It demands the browning of the butter. It perhaps demands the mixing of some flowers. Like it's worth it. It's not just a dump and go, which of course is why we all love banana bread. Cause it's like, just get out that bowl and put it all in there. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. it's, well, it's only a two bowl. It's like a two bowl and a, and a, I use a pan on the stovetop to melt the butter. And I just assembled everything else as the butter was melting. Then the butter was and browning and then it was done. And then I put it all together. My arm did get a nice little workout as <gasps> I like to do. And it was, I put them in the fridge. I let them rest for like four hours till dinner. And then we baked them off. Speaking of an arm workout, I have really big news for you, which is that the other day I whipped my cream by hand. Cause I was like, yeah. let me see what Ari has been talking about for the last seven years of our friendship. Jesus Christ. And it was incredible and it was very easy. And my mom was like, it's totally different. It's like a cloud. So oh my I God. guess now I am a convert and I am a person who is a hand whipper. You call me a hand whipper from now oh on. Oh my God. <laughs> I am so happy to have this moment. Yeah. I wow. thought you would be. I saved it just for you. <laughs> you know what? It is different. It's some because you're not like attacking it with a machine. It's like, it's smoother somehow, you know? It's also very cool to just like witness it go from a liquid stage because it's quick. It's not that hard. No, it's not. And it feels like for the first minute that nothing is happening and then it kind of all comes together really quick. Exactly. It's really exciting, guys. I highly, if you're bored on a Saturday night, might buy some heavy cream. (laughs) I told you, I knew it. I knew I would get get you to do it. You did. I'm so, I'm excited. It's, you know, I'm a new woman. Okay. Can I just tell you about what I had this week? Cause it was so exciting and it was my first time ever making it. Of course you're so excited right now. I can feel it through the computer. So, excited. so Harry's birthday is on Thursday, but we decided to celebrate last Sunday as in however many days ago that will have been. Um, mm-hmm. yes. Oh my God. That's right. Harry's birthday is the day that this episode is coming out. Happy birthday, Harry. Um, <laughs> so I decided, because we all know he's English, as I've mentioned a trillion times, um, I decided to cook him like a traditional Sunday roast lunch. So I did like a prime like a prime rib and a, you know, pea, like buttered peas and Yorkshire puddings and roast potatoes, whatever, the whole thing. And for dessert, I made a sticky toffee pudding, mm. which... Holy shit. I feel like that's going to become my new party trick. It's oh boy. so good. Oh my God. So I used a recipe from the New York times. I kind of wish that I had used one from the guardian just because the guardian, like they basically. Cause they're British. Does it. Well, they're English, but like she basically tries everyone's recipe and then makes like a master recipe from all mm. of those, which is just so genius, but really smart. you basically make this crazy date cake 
that was like bubbling over in the oven. And then you take it out and it sort of like falls, but it has all these holes in it. Then you make your little toffee mixture, which is, it's like a, it's like if you browned some cream. So it's like, like caramelly, I mean, it's toffee, liquid, obviously nice. pour it over the cake, put it under the broiler. And then it all just like kind of fuses into this goo, this brown goo (laughs) that like, I, I died. Like I literally, I died. (laughs) So good. Highly recommend. I'm going to make it again. Maybe I'll make that for a treat when we see each other this weekend. That sounds like a great Christmas cake. Well, it is. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so what kind of pan did you bake it in? How did you get it out of the pan? Because it sounds like a very sticky affair. Is it's, it upside down? It's not an upside down cake. It's not so upside form? down. It's extraordinarily sticky. So the Guardian recipe does actually a layer of the toffee on the bottom of the cake, which oh, nice. the Times recipe did not. So I think if you do that, it might be a little bit easier. Because yeah, this was like so stuck to the bottom. It's like, you know, that like, bread stuck to the roof of your mouth feeling. It's like uh-huh. that on a pan. Oh so I just it kind of took a spatula and like had to attack it. Yeah. I just baked it in a square, what's the word? Non-stick pan. Uh-huh. Did it you serve was, it in there or you took it out? You kind of- No, finished. I plated it because mm-hmm. I wanted to make oh, sure that smart. everybody got like enough of the sauce and then That's you can make more sauce on the side. I, I'm so dumb. That's so smart. Then like you don't have to worry about the presentation of the whole thing if you're just giving everyone a bit of it. Exactly. Right. Right. And also it was just Harry and my parents and I, so I didn't really give a shit, but, but yeah. it's true. Exactly. It's like easier to just plate it and then you can make it look pretty. I just realized that we just talked about two things that are very animal product heavy. And our guest today is a vegan and it's all about being a vegan. So sorry, vegans, if you're listening, we love you. We love you. And our guest today, I know that she has some incredible recipes for some sweet treats that are not, uh, that do not use animal products. So there you go. So without further ado, this week we have on the fantastic Zenzi Williams, a friend of ours from um, grad school at Yale. She's an actress. She's a voiceover actor. She's, I mean, a goddamn brave sunshine. She's she also is. a vegan. Yep. Please check out her Instagram at zen underscore will, W-I-L-L, for fantastic vegan recipes. Also, just like to see the ray of sunshine that she is. She's the best. Yes. So we had such a great conversation with her talking about, we've never had a vegan on. So just sharing vegan recipes, vegan ideas, and also just talking about breaking out of your comfort zone during COVID, whether it's through cooking, through art, through whatever. But we had a really inspirational conversation and we're really excited to share her with you. Zenzi, let's start talking about just your relationship growing up with food. What was dinner like at home for you? Yes. So my mother cooked all the time. Yeah. You know, my mom would make like you know, meatloaf and mashed potatoes and green beans and things like that. But what has remained the same, kitchen sink salad. Yes. My mom would make a kitchen sink salad, everything but the kitchen sink. So my mom's been a vegan for, oh my gosh, forever. But she would cook meat for us growing Mm -hmm. up. She's like, oh, you know, I'll make it for them and let them make their own choices. Yeah. And um, she would just throw everything in there. My grandmother would make these seven layer salads. And so <sighs> I think it, oh, yeah. And, you know, before I was a vegan, it was like, you know, bacon and corn and, you know, 
and cheese and all the stuff, but it's a, it was a big part of, you know, family dinners and we would sit down to eat and afterwards we'd watch a movie that we got from Blockbuster. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, you were alive when Blockbuster was around. You must be like a hundred. <laughs> Blockbuster, y'all. Mm-hmm. And so when did you decide, all right, you know what, maybe I'm going to try vegan as a lifestyle, veganism as a lifestyle for me. Yes. So this is funny. I actually tried in, in undergrad to be a vegan and I like passed out. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't eating because I was like, I don't know what to do. Right. Um, and I was, you know, kind of being that, you know, I'm a grown person. I don't need to ask any questions. I'm not going to ask my mom for any recipes. No. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, uh, why? And that's so hard probably because you're on a meal plan there. And I remember girls trying to be vegan undergrad, like going to the salad bar and just eating like croutons and lettuce. <laughs> so rough. Yeah. I, I mean, I was in Philly too. So I had like, you know, cheesesteak stations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Um, so I was trying so hard and I felt like all I was eating was tofu. Yeah. And like rice. I don't know. It was so bad. And I, I was getting dizzy all the time. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just can't. Oh my God. So I stopped and grad school came around and I kept having these issues with, with, uh, acid reflux and mm. no one could figure it out. They were like, don't eat raw vegetables. I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was all like no more carbs or, and ne- no one ever told me don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so wild. Yeah. It was, it was strange. So like I had started eating more veggies and less meat and I started feeling a little bit better. And then I went to my parents' house on the weekend. Cause you know, very conveniently my yep. lived 15 minutes. Away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching this documentary of my mom, Forks Over Knives. And I was like, okay, the change, the change is happening. Forks Over Knives. And was it about like animal welfare? Was it about what meat does to your body? Like, was it kind of about everything? Oh, yeah. Yep. So it was sort of like a health thing combined with you had been not feeling well combined with like, oh my God, particularly in this country, the way that they treat animals is revolting. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and that you're also not really getting the nutrients you may think you're getting depending on where you're getting the meat from because of how they're doing certain things. And so I was like, ah, okay, well time to make a change. So over the summer, the summer before my third year in grad school, I was like, I'm going to do a juice cleanse. A lot of things happened to my body at that time. I just, like, I never ate meat again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, your recipes... So Zenzi has a very, very beautiful Instagram page where every single recipe I've seen, I'm like, if if you lived in my house, I could be a vegan. Yes. <laughs> like, everything looks so, so gorgeous, so nourishing. I mean, what... I'm curious about like, so you grew up with a mom, obviously, who cooked vegan. And so I'm sure that if you had questions, even though initially you were resistant to asking her any questions, you could go to her. But like, 
what what have you noticed have become like your heavy hitters? Like, are there certain ingredients that you use a ton? Like, are there vegan secrets that we just don't know? <laughs> well, um, the the vegan secret that I feel like so many people talk about nutritional yeast is real, you guys. Like, oh yeah, nutritional yeast is can change everything. Okay, I, it, it's, so it's very good. good. It's so good. It's My so good. mom will make cheesy grits mm-hmm. and I, it, it blows my mind and she'll do like a tofu scramble, but with like cherry tomatoes and peppers, yeah. onions, and, and just like, she'll put salsa in it too. Oh yeah. I love over, yeah. over these cheesy grits. And I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> yes. So good. And then if you add guacamole on top of it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So nutritional yeast changes the game. Yes. I am a big fan of black beans. Black beans. Oh, yeah. Personally, like I'll make a, I have a, one of my favorite things to make that I made quite a bit for my sister down in Atlanta is this black bean um, sweet potato burger. Mm-hmm. But I do a purple sweet potato. Mm-hmm. It is heavenly. It's, oh heavenly. <laughs> it's so good. And I do it over a chopped salad. So um, because it's so meaty, I guess is the way to say it yeah. um, itself that I don't feel like I need any bread with it. So I just put it over a chopped salad and it is, it's everything, but um, to make black bean, like um, meatless meatballs, uh-huh. you can make, I mean, I'll use a black bean for pretty much anything. <laughs> the world is your black bean. Yes. It's crazy how creative you have to be as a vegan cook as opposed to like a normal boring cook because you're like, oh, it's a chicken leg. It's a chicken leg. As a vegan, I imagine you're constantly thinking about the like the transformative powers of every ingredient. Yeah, like the flaxseed egg, right? Like, right. What is that? So it's so flax seeds, you know, they they bloom just like chia seeds will bloom. Uh They they become a they could become gelatinous. Uh So you can actually make flaxseed gel like for your hair. So yes, yes. But the flaxseed egg, it's um, it's flaxseed meal that you add water to uh-huh. and it actually is like an egg substitute so you can put it in it's a baking thing you can yeah. put it in pancakes and things like that but growing up my mom would use applesauce for pancakes uh-huh. uh, yogurt uh-huh. so I don't know that we've I'm sure maybe at some time she used eggs but I can't remember it so you went straight from meat eating to vegan. Did you think about becoming vegetarian or were you like, Oh, fuck it. I, I'm all, I'm all in. All in. Uh, I, I was all in well, mainly because I'm, I'm lactose intolerant already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I didn't even, uh, the dairy thing was never my thing anyway. So that wasn't too hard of a transition to me. And I think the thing that, that really solidified it was the fact that my body was feeling much better and I had a lot more energy. So like it was third year of grad school. I had already like made that transition. I was already carrying peanut butter in my purse. (laughs) Where I went, I had a peanut butter and an apple in there somewhere. Yeah. And so 
um, I felt like I was already integrating that into my my cooking and into the way I was eating already. So it felt pretty smooth, but the actual like juicing part of it was rough. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but um, it's the creativity part that also was a little rough every, every now and again, trying to figure out what else because there were times where I get stuck on a certain meal or certain ingredients and I'd be like I want to venture out but I'm in grad school (laughs) so I mean that's been a huge thing right now we all have so much time it's I mean it's been really depressing for me and I'm sure for both of you guys not being able to do what we love because we can't act we haven't been able to act for the past six months (laughs) but it has (laughs) It has given me, and I know Zenzi and obviously Sophie, so it's given us all so much more time to think about cooking as a means of of sharing with people and of and of being creative and putting all of that wild inspirational energy we usually you know ha- have with a script into like oh what am I going to do with these ingredients and yeah. and how can I, sh- I I can't necessarily give it to other people to try but I can show pictures of it and and kind of share love and spread joy in that way so I mean clearly your Instagram has and so has mine just changed so much over the past months <laughs> yeah but I was always taking pictures of my food mm. because I was like, Oh, that's cute. That's pretty, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was also making really silly, like names to my recipes. I like sent a friend, um, a recipe called something's about to split pea soup, uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, like I was like, I'm, you know, it's having fun doing little silly. Yeah. Things. And I would usually like integrate the friend into the, in, into the recipe. Like yeah. if you're, if you're so-and-so, then you're going <laughs> to yeah. add a little this. Cause I know you liked it, you know, but the quarantine has actually showed me how much I love plating. Yes. It is one of my favorite things to do. And it actually makes me hungrier. <laughs> like, there are times when I am making something look beautiful on the plate and I'm like, I need to hurry up and take a picture of this because I need to eat. And it makes eating so much better too. Something about it is like, like I have to shut my phone off sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I can't talk to you while I'm eating this beautiful meal. Right. (laughs) Like, like I need time. I'm having a relationship with my food right now. Which actually it should be anyway, right? But it's like, of course, we've all forgotten the fact that like, if you're eating, you don't also need to be watching TV and be on your phone and also trying to read an article online. Yes. Just eat. lines, you know. Exactly. I mean, I'm like, oh, I just spent two hours cooking this meal. I'm so excited for it. 10 minutes later, it's gone. I don't remember what it tasted like. It's so sad. Yeah. But I, I feel like the plating thing is probably actually really helpful. It's real. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when we would go outside? <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. How like you you know you go to restaurants and you'd see people you know couples or friends and they're both on their phones or yeah, you know, yeah. and it's I, growing up where my mother would make the meal and we would sit down and we would like everything is off we didn't have cell phones right in our pockets all the time you know yeah. we were at the table talking about things yeah. <laughs> Um, and enjoying things. And I was actually in a, um, a weight loss group 
in undergrad, right? It was actually kind of cool because uh-huh. it was all about each week is something else to discover about food. Mm. And it, it was actually a really nice way in. So one week our homework was taste your food. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So the opposite of what I would think, mm-hmm. especially like back then. Yeah. Not really cool. counting calories. Wow. It's, yeah. It had nothing to do with that. It was just taste your food. And that first week I lost like five pounds. Oh my God. Because I wasn't like, like scarfing yeah. my food down. Right. And like, you know, it was actually enjoying it and taking the time to really, um, what's the texture? What, like she would tell us, right, what's the texture? What does it make you think of? What, you know, um, are you by yourself? Are you talking with, with right. someone? All of that and how it actually affected how you were eating, how, what, how you were experiencing your food. It was just a different way of, of doing it. And I love that. And I've brought that with me mm-hmm. undergrad. And now I'm like, well, actually my I'm looking at things on the plate and I think it's so beautiful and I want to take my time with it. The old stigma of being a vegan and like granola, crunchy, everything is kind of like brown, you know? (laughs) Yes. That idea is so, it's like completely swung the other direction because now the kind of popular image of vegan food is like avocado toasts, like crazy colored, I don't know, like fruit. And it's true. I mean, I I think I've maybe said a couple of times on IG how I've gotten this um, like the the box that brings me different vegetables, fruits and vegetables every other week, mm-hmm. like a CSA. It's um, it's Misfits Market. It's like oh, oh, yeah. oh. trying to get them on the show. Yeah, it's <laughs> all this. Yeah, oh really? It's, I mean. Yeah. Amazing because it's you know the things that farmers and things can't sell because they're all Michigan and whatever. Yeah, bullshit. But I mean, (laughs) there are some things I've never seen before. Oh my god! Like what? Well, I've seen it, but I was like, this is just a garnish, right? A curled endive, right? Oh yeah. What What color was it? It was um, it was like a light green. Uh huh. uh, Then it got darker green towards the end, right? Uh-huh. Big, like, bush. Mass, yeah. Like, it looked like they had literally just taken it out of the ground. It was wow. incredible. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And my mother has always said, when in doubt, roast it. So mm-hmm. I was like, I cut the end off, right? I, like, spread it on some parchment, right? Put it in there with some olive oil, some fresh cracked pepper, a little sea salt. Put it in the oven. Came out. <laughs> lemon juice all over it and then a little turmeric it was incredible I could just imagine it with um pine nuts or even yeah. like a little bit like currants in it too or mm-hmm. mushroom to, it oh, was yeah incredible I was like why have I only seen this on a plate like as a garnish of some kind or like at the end of the at the bottom of like the salad barrel right you know it's delicious yeah. I think there's so many things like that that, you know, either we're afraid of because we only see it in one capacity and or totally. you're like, oh, that's going to be gross because it's a color I don't like or, <laughs> you know, but 
delicious. It's like exactly what happened with kale. Remember when kale yeah. used to be like on the side of a plate with an orange? Yes. Oh. Like, what is this? Or like in the ice. It's like yeah. ice or something. Yeah, it would be like sometimes with even like with sushi. It was just like around. It was like the, it was on the bottom. Like of- a bed, right. Yes. yes. Whoever was like, you know what? I'm going to make kale so profitable. I wonder if that was one person. I mean, it had like a whole remarketing I think it was the same person who was like, oh, Brussels, people hate Brussels sprouts. Just wait. Just wait until I pair them with bacon. (laughs) But I think we're actually very lucky to be alive in this moment. We're so unlucky to be alive in this moment for so many other reasons. But in regards to produce, we're very lucky to be alive because I do think like America in the last maybe 30 years has woken up to the fact that like, good vegetables are delicious. And that's actually the thing about, I think being vegan now versus like in the, in the seventies, it's like, yes, there's all these meat alternatives and all this stuff, but also there's just amazing produce and we all have access to it. There's so many exciting varieties. And like seasonal is the key word. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah. it, there are times, I think it's like getting back to basics, right? Where we used to do things of that nature, right? Where we didn't have everything readily available. Right time, right? You actually have to wait for the next season to get those amazing avocados that you want or those, you know, you got to wait till the fall to get those squat, you know, whatever it is. I think that's the fun in it, you know, being able to like, well, what's this season going to bring? Right. Something delicious. I don't know. Maybe I'll do some like squash flowers. Oh yeah. So good. Well, you could do, I mean, I wonder what like the version of a vegan tempura batter would be, mm. but I feel like you could do like a vegan fried squash blossom. Oh yeah. I mean, There's, have you seen all of the rave about the oyster mushrooms? No. What's the, what's the rage about them? Oh, people have been like deep frying these oyster wow. mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's insane. Oyster mushrooms just by themselves are delicious. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't, they don't need anything, but. You roast them? Or that, just saute? Me? Mm-hmm. I saute. Saute. Okay. Oh, me? I saute. <laughs> I saute. <laughs> oh, yes. I love a good sauteed mushroom. I love a mushroom. Do you use a ton, for, in terms of fats, do you usually go olive oil? Do you go coconut oil? Do you allow yourself ghee? Do you ever use like butter substitutes like Miyoko's? Love Miyoko's. Um, but I usually just use olive oil. Yeah. But what I'm getting into right now is there's an oat milk uh, butter. Ooh. I made a... Um, a ginger carrot soup. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. oh I put the oat milk butter inside of this soup. Yeah. I, it was just so creamy and like, and Yum. also like tangy because of the ginger. Oh, delicious. Oh. <laughs> it was just delicious. So, so good. Very hungry. Yes. it's funny that Ari brought up the like kind of old school vegan mentality because I'm kind of, if I were a vegan, I would be like the old school kind of like drinks carrot juice and then eats a gigantic bowl of mush. 
But it's like, it's that sort of old school vegan mentality. Like when you walk into a health food store and it just has that smell, you're like, there is definitely some carob in here somewhere. It's in the air. There's like nutritional yeast particles just in the air. Exactly. Just immediately. It's aerosol. Yeah. Just brags. Nothing but brags. (laughs) I have so so much brags. I always also buy like the hugest size. And then I'm like, why? Like, this is going to take me three years to get through. What am I doing? I need to get the one with the spray bottle. But I have. I yeah. Have them. I got to get that. Also, then you don't like overdo it because it can be a little like the amino acids. Yeah. A little, like salty sometimes. I'm like, mm. I know I put some on popcorn the other day and I was really looking forward to it. And it was so fucking salty. I mean, if you guys have never, if our listeners have never bought Bragg's, Bragg's amino acids. Yeah. It's what's they're also famous for apple cider. Soy sauce substitute. Yes. It's like a soy sauce substitute, but like weirdly has more flavors in a way, but like the salt crystallizes around the nozzle. If you don't use it, like it's like you can't close it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It has like a flip top little nozzle, (laughs) but it is, it's such a, it's a good flavor, but it really I should get the spray because it overtakes all you taste is the brags and it's good, but then you get sick of it. Yeah. Try putting a little bit into a salad dress. That's what I was going to say. That's like yeah. my, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a, what I think is such a fun question. Okay. okay. Let's say you are spending a weekend with friends who totally are happy to eat vegan, but they're not vegans themselves. Okay. And you're doing all the cooking for some unknown reason, which don't worry if you're in a house with those people, they're assholes. So we would never let that happen. (laughs) But you happen to be doing all the menu planning. What would you serve? We're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two days, maybe just one day, one day, one day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For breakfast, I'm, I'm big on smoothie bowls and I'm also big on, um, allowing people to like create their own thing. So like yes. and toppings on the dream, top, right? So I love a good smoothie bowl. I'm in love with sunflower butter right now. So <gasps> I would include that in some way, shape or form right now that the taste is just like heavenly to me. Lunch. Mm, okay. I might do the, I might do the, the burger I talked about. But mm. also, um, a friend of mine, uh, from Milan, his mother shared a bruschetta recipe with Ooh, me. Yum. But I've been doing a thing where I've been uh, doing the bruschetta and then sauteing mushrooms mm-hmm. in the garden, mm-hmm. on top of it. So oh, maybe that, that for for lunch. Yes. Yum. Yum. Yeah. I feel like for dinner, I am a big hearty soup and salad. Mm-hmm. But um, my mom has influenced my kale salad quite a bit, where she does a salad with roasted sweet potatoes and um, ro- she'll roast sunflower seeds as well. And Yum. Either currants or um, like dried cranberries in there. I love that. I would add more, like I would add uh, roasted parsnips. I would add just to kind of give it a little bit of like a more tanginess. Yeah. Yes, real fall salad. Yeah. yeah. Super fall salad. And then like um, 
some form of like a squash soup or um, either butternut or a sweet potato. Well, because I put the sweet potato, but that, who cares? Yeah, we're vegan. <laughs> who cares? Why not? Who cares? Um, I would probably do something of that. And then I love to do a dessert. So I would either make um, a nice cream, which I love to do and give people choice of toppings as well. Is that just banana? Banana ice cream. Yes. Delish. So good. Oh yeah. And I, I'll usually like do, so this recent one I did like cacao nibs, but I will take, um, <laughs> like a little, like a hazelnut chocolate. Yes. Yeah. And I'll cut it up and put it on top of it with yes. coconut shaving. Oh. A little granola, actually, like a cinnamon granola. I mean, I are literally like, stop, just stop right I'm like now. Rip so off my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so naughty, but I, it's delicious. <laughs> okay, I have so many follow up questions. Okay. okay, a smoothie bowl. Yeah, is that just a smoothie in a bowl? <laughs> yeah, with toppings. So you're using okay, but, but they tend to be so. Some people make them a lot thicker, so. That can also be a difference there, but right. also to me, I don't know why. I mean, you can do this in a regular smoothie too, but I think it's just like a mental thing. In smoothie bowls, I'm like, oh, it's in a bowl. I can put way more ingredients in here. Totally. <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, I'm just like, I like in the smoothie base itself. I'm like, I'm just going to throw in spinach. Right. And- and yeah. you know, pineapple and mango. And then on the top, sometimes I usually will take everything that I put inside of it and put it on the top of it. Oh, like in a nice form. That's so smart. I mean, I feel like it's very chic to do like those little stripes of oh, ingredients. Yeah. You know, you have your sliced bananas, you have yeah. your ground flax seeds. Yeah. Your, yes. So good. Also, what's great for breakfast is overnight oats. Yes. Yeah. I mean... And then putting toppings on top of that. Like I make a, a carrot cake overnight oats. So you do What? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I'm gonna, and I'm getting ready to share this one. So this will be great. Okay. So basically it's, you do whatever kind of like non-dairy milk you want to put an actual whole carrot in there. What? Oh my God. Okay. Carrot, cinnamon, nutmeg. Um, I will do a little bit of... Um, coconut shavings in there Mm -hmm. too. Put it in the blender. Pour it on top of your oats and let it all soak up. And then in the morning, top it with raisins, shaved carrots, coconut, a little drizzle of agave. You can even do a crunch like like that cinnamon granola as well. Sunflower butter, which will give it like an earthy kind of taste. Oh my God. (laughs) And you can, if you want, you can heat it up. And yeah. That up, you know, but I, it, I think it's absolutely cold because you know how carrot cake is like, yeah. so you put a nut in there too, like a walnut. Or walnut. That sounds incredible. Really Truly. <laughs> really good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is like the, like the interview equivalent of like ASMR. We're like, Zen, like talking us through these recipes and our inner like, oh, uh, I'm like, <laughs> 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 so good. Yeah. Do you do any like no bake vegan desserts? I haven't. Desserts are my thing, but I tried a um, to make a cookie. 
out of peas and bananas. Wow. You went there. (laughs) It it was, it's bananas, green peas, and oats. Uh Uh-huh. You, with a little of non-dairy milk, and you blitz it in the blender, and the oats, like, plump it up. Mm -hmm. They're actually really delicious, but I was like, they they just lose their cookie form like after <laughs> seconds. Right. It's like this is this is mush. Yeah. Is yeah. Mush. Yeah. I tried it. It was on Pinterest. I was like, oh, I'll try it. I have experience. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the texture, like the actual taste of it was really good, but I was just like, it's not cookie. Like, you know, you want to be able to like have a little give to it, but then soft in the middle and it just wasn't doing it. Totally. Okay. Wait, this is a dumb question. Can you have as a vegan, can you have sourdough or does like the active yeast is, does that count? No, like some sourdough. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's sort of the saving grace of being a vegan is like, you can have pasta, you can have bread, like the most important things in life you're getting. Yeah. And you can have zoodles. Do you have to stick with zoodles because to make them less watery? Do you do them raw? I cook them with a zoodle recipe that uh-huh. had me floored. It was like she put it in a pan and with like I think it was like garlic and onion. She like put pesto over it or something. Mm. It was she like sauteed it or cooked it a little and then put pesto all over it. Yes, this is the thing. Oh my! I added sun dried tomatoes. I added mushrooms. Mm. I added like yum. So good. You have to cook your zoodles. Nobody eats raw zucchini anyway. So why the fuck would you eat it in a noodle form? In a fake noodle form? Yeah. Do you like raw zucchini? No, it's disgusting. I have tried raw zucchini with um. There's a woman that I follow on Instagram who's completely raw vegan and she's lovely. And I, me and my sister tried her zoodles with this avocado like dressing thing on it. And it looks so good the way she was eating. Oh my God, this looks delicious. We made so much of it because we were like, oh, we're going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> we both got sick. We were no. Like, Oh my God. We got so nauseous. Oh my God. No. Rough. We were like, oh, I don't think this is right. (laughs) Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Some things were better cooked. Like definitely. Yeah. But now you can like zoodle anything. It's like you can have butternut squash or, and sweet potato. Yeah. Zoodles, which are delicious too. As this is a PSA, if you make sweet potato zoodles, you have to cook them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like there's something about like the word zoodles that makes you think like, ah, you put it through the thing and then you just eat it. <laughs> but <laughs> please cook your raw sweet potatoes. It does feel like this is the best. The time is right to try being a vegan. I feel I still have so much fear associated with trying it. Yeah. But I don't what are the fears, Ari? Let's break them down. Well, honestly, a lot of them do not uh, don't make sense during COVID because a lot of them are like, and this sounds bad, but like I don't want to f- be annoying when I go out. I don't want to offend someone if they've cooked meat and I'm going to say no. And also it's a time thing. I don't want to have to think outside the box and, and yeah. figure out how to prepare black beans in this interesting way when I know I could just 
make a chicken thigh. But it's like now I do have all this extra time. And also now all the CSAs and the farm to table and, and, or sorry, the farm to the people and misfit market and all these great companies that are connecting people to farms. And I wonder if there's been a more of a vegan movement or moment happening just because of the accessibility. Yeah. Uh, Well, I feel like, I feel like, yes. Yeah. I think I brought it up a little earlier about going back to basics. Like I've been seeing a lot of people like, gardening now and oh yeah trying to grow their own produce I mean I've been growing microgreens on my counter <laughs> you know what I mean because I'm like I don't have any land but I'll, yeah. I have a countertop yeah. um but but yeah I mean I think I think a lot more people I mean especially since we're we're home and we're yeah. how do I either get things to my get things to my door or how do I step outside and have what I need or right. Whatever it is, um, I think I think a lot more people are being drawn to that, and also just being drawn to creativity in general. Exactly. Know? How do I make this more interesting? How do I, you know, take the ingredients that I do have in my home and and like revamp them? I mean, right. there's a woman, Nadia. She has it's t- it's time to eat. On, she was yeah like, yeah 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 yeah. She used to be on Bake Off. Yes. Her. She has a show on Netflix, and I will. She has this. Um, her whole thing is like shortcuts in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And she has this one recipe of a beetroot pasta. Mm. And I'm like, I'm doing that and I'm going to vegan, vegan that. I'm going to, yeah. So it's like being able to watch something and being like, oh, that's really smart. I'm going to, I have that in my cabinet. Right. I'm going to use it in the way that I eat, which is, you know, for me personally, vegan, I'm going to like make it a vegan thing and I'm going right. to add things that I love to it. So I think it's being able to revamp it. <laughs> totally. Well, this was really informative and also lovely and very inspiring and inspired. Agree. Hardcore agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, Zenzi. Will you tell our listeners what your Instagram handle is so they can follow? Yes. My Instagram handle is at Zen, Z-E-N underscore Will, W-I-L-L. And just- so follow her for, for vegan inspiration. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Also, now is a good time to be eating vegan because it's so much better for the environment, which like I'm always... It's true. I like live in a permanent state of being like, oh no, should I become vegan? But it's like, even if you do it for two meals a day, that's more than no meals a day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's my two cents. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you have to do what's right for you and right for your body, you know? And I think to integrate something like that into your, into your meals is right, you know? Yeah. Or one a day, like whatever you can do. It's so fun to just have like a close friend on. I know. It's we so haven't nice. in a while, actually, I feel like. I mean, I feel like we've been obviously interviewing such fantastic people, but not people that we have a history with. And this was such a blast and uh, very inspirational in terms of like, Harry and I were having the discussion this week of like, we have to start being a little bit better about eating meat products for environmental reasons, which I was mm-hmm. doing before the pandemic. And then it just like flew out the window. Mm-hmm. And this episode reminded me like, no, I need to be doing that. And it's easy yeah. or not easy, but like if you're conscious about it, conscientious about it, you can make things delicious and wonderful. Yeah. 
And it's, it's, it is a bit easier now, I would say, because there isn't the temptation of going out all the time. It's just easier to control what you're doing because you're cooking more often. And by you, I mean the people listening to this. Hi. Hey. Hey. Um, so thank you, Zenzi. What a gift. Truly, I'm, I'm glad we aired it during the holidays because it's such a gift to, to have one of your friends kind of transform and, and share a new interest in front of your eyes. And I'm, we're so blessed to have had her on the show this week. Thank you to Colin. And thank you to Ari. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you're just watching a lot of Home Alone and we will see White you at Chip Hour. Wait, wait, Christmas, wait, Christmas. Um, we'll see you at Chip Hour next week, next Wednesday. And uh, thanks for listening. Okay, Ari's AirPods are falling out. We got to go. Bye. Bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>